a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to this week's episode of the It's Utah's World Podcast. Tom Hackett without Steve Bartle this week. Uh, check me out on Twitter at Tom Can't Hackett. Big thanks. Much love to our sponsors, Nate Wade Subaru, 1207 South Main Street, just around the corner, downtown Salt Lake City. If you're driving a Subaru, you want to get yourself into a newer model, take your car down. They'll check it out. You could even get into a newer 2021 Subaru for uh, less than you are currently paying on your older Subaru. Don't ask me how it works. Just head on down there. And they'll hopefully look after you. Okay, so I said no, Steve. Here's why. Steve and I were going to do the podcast. Uh, I'm in Steamboat Springs. Steve's in Utah. We were texting a few days ago. He said he didn't have much going on. And then I guess right as I left Utah, a storm came in. And the next video I saw was Steve alongside somebody else shoveling water, buckets of water from his uh, basement. So I think he's – and he's got his power out. So – Steve's, uh, he's not with us, unfortunately. He's not dead. No, no, he's not dead. He hasn't drowned, but he's, um, he's just not able to join the podcast. So instead, I brought my in-laws, believe it or not, who are with me in Steamboat Springs. Marks and Colton are their names. Uh, don't check them out on Twitter. You don't want to do that at all. Uh, but they're super fans is what we're going to go with. So we're going to have a fans podcast. We're going to talk about their experiences as Utes and uh, what they hope to to see this year. Uh, as from a news and notes perspective, there really is very little this week. A lot of Olympic coverage on kslsports.com surrounding any Utah uh, athletes. Uh, but I believe Utah did pick up a safety from uh, Richmond, Texas. Steve will be able to tell us more about that next week. Until then, Marcus Colton, uh, welcome to the show, friends. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us on, Tom. Thank you. It's an you- honor. Are you guys? Are you guys? Um, you guys? You guys confident about about this episode? You, you excited to um, to kind of share some some insight into uh, fandom as a, as a youth? I think we've got it covered in this household. Yeah, you guys have been you guys have been going to to Utah. Game. All right, let's start there. So um, let's start where it all where it all began. You were uh, you you born and bred Salt Lake City, Utah. Just uh, just a few blocks from Rice Eccles Stadium. You've been going to Utah games forever, basically. Marcus, uh, who's the darker, he, he's the darker voice you hear. He went to the OH Sugar Bowl with his father. He was the child at the end of the game with a, a, a banner, right, Marcus? And you were screaming your bloody head off. Uh, but it was classic no. television. What happened? <laughs> it was actually a Utah flag. And we were sitting up in a section. Um maybe 20 rows back. I went down to the very front after all the Alabama fans had cleared out. And um, there was this cheerleader down there, this male cheerleader. 
uh, that was like taunting us. He was talking crap to us. And so as they were handing the trophy over, as Kyle was, uh, you know, talking to the crowd, he actually acknowledged us. And I pointed at the cheerleader, who was a male, and, and I was just just giving him, an, I was just giving him an earful. I was just yelling at him, just going absolutely berserk. You can see it on the on the TV. Like I have like zero control of my bodily function. It was it was pretty fun. It made it made for really good television. How old were you, Marcus? Let's see, I was twenty eight at that time. Twenty eight? No, sorry, uh, no, twenty three. 23. I was going to say, you acted a lot more like a 23-year-old than you oh, did yeah. a 28-year-old. I know. Surprisingly, I wasn't, like, drunk or on any kind of substances. I was just so jacked up off of that win, you know. Was, I think any you fan can can understand. It was just outer, it was an outer body experience is what it was. Marcus, I don't want to speak for you, uh, but was that, was that, like, the, the greatest Utah moment in, in your lifetime? Probably. I, I would I would say it, it's out there. I mean, the, the success that we've had in the Pac-12 in football has been great. Um, and even the Final Four win, you know, against the University of uh, North Carolina was huge. But, yeah, the Sugar Bowl was just something else. Yeah, I have to imagine. Colton, um, what, what was your biggest – what was your shining moment as a fan of Utah? Where, where, does, where does it come – I mean, it can't top the 08 Sugar Bowl, can it? No, I mean, I – I actually didn't even have the chance to watch the 08 Sugar Bowl in person because I was on an LDS mission at the time. But um, I don't know if I've had that that moment yet, to tell you the truth. I mean, I've, I've been a Utah fan my whole entire life. I've cheered for them, you know, through losses and wins and, and kind of the up and downs. But, you know, what Kyle's been able to do um, and the success that we've seen – over the last few years and just the talent that we're really attracting now, you know, I don't exactly think that we're sec talent, but you know, we're getting very competitive. Uh, certainly so. So let's, uh, let's, let's, without further ado, um, jump into that, that, that conversation and Colton, while, while you were talking, let, let's start with you. What, what are your expectations for the year 2021? What, what do you envision happening? Is this finally the year, in your opinion, anyway, that, that you believe Utah has has all of the tools to uh, to finally get over the hump and secure Pac-12 supremacy? You know, I'd, I'd really like to think that this would be our year. I really hope that this is our year. Um, I think when you, when you look at the team, you've gotten a lot of experience up front on the offensive line. Um, I think you've got two really good options at quarterback. You know, we all had our expectations pretty high last year with Bentley um, and then list kind of came in towards the end of the year and saved the season for us. But um, I think there's a lot of new guys. We have a lot of new transfers in a lot of guys that we haven't even seen carry the ball um, or catch pass um, or really throw. So um, with getting reloaded on defense um, kind of compared to, to the rest, I, I think we are going to be good. We are going to be good. These coaches are going to get people ready. Uh, here's, ho- here's hoping so. Merrill, uh, without further ado, please explain. By the way, if you hear any background noise, it's just my bloody one-year-old and Marcus's bloody twins upstairs, but don't mind them. They're okay. Uh, what, 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 do you, what do you reckon, Marcus, this year? You, you, you're somebody with, with, with good football knowledge. You know, you study the roster, the, the coaching staff. Is this the year, do you reckon? 
We're having technical difficulties. Marcus is muted. My no, he's not mind. muted. Yep, you're back. All right, go ahead, Meryl. I think uh, I think we're close. I don't know if this is the year, honestly. And I mean, that's kind of a pessimistic outlook. I'm an eternal optimist when it comes to Utah athletics, football in, in specific. But um, I just don't know if we have the depth and really the game experience in the secondary on defense uh, to be able to sustain any kind of injuries. So you've got Clark Phillips, um, you've got Broughton on the other side. Um, and really, besides those two guys, I don't know who we have. I mean, I know that we're talented. Um, if you were scouted, recruited, offered by Morgan Scally and coached up by Sharif Shah, you know, you've got a lot of good tools to work with, you know, inherently. I just don't know if the 2020 season was enough, you know, game reps really for our secondary to um, kind of come together and gel. So I really hope that we're able to stay healthy. If we do, we've got a shot. But I'm a little less optimistic than I have been in years past. Wow. Okay. No. Look, I, I appreciate the honesty. I think most Utah fans that uh, that I speak to, anyway, people online, and I know there's a bias online, but there's a lot of optimism surrounding this this year's team. Uh, and that's really the first time I've heard Merrill you uh, you talk about the lack of depth on on defense. So hey, I'm I, I like where your head's at, big fella. I think uh, I think I think you're savvy. In that regard, um, fingers Tom, crossed. You know this. Even, even, even when you played, I always told you about how good I thought Utah could be. We had yeah, never accomplished no, anything. We had never done anything. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't know why. I just uh, I want to be there. And, granted, I mean, once we, you know, beat Weber State and we stomp the crap out of BYU, maybe things change. So, all right, let's, you know, let's, in, in, let's in, do this. In, in my opinion. Let's do this. Let's go through the schedule from fans' perspective. I mean, I'm intrigued to hear hear this. Give me two seconds. I'm gonna pull it up, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give games. And and all we need to to make this thing move swiftly is, um, Marcus, you're the big brother, so you go first. You either say yes or no, or win or loss, I should say. And uh, and then Colton, you quickly follow, and and we'll, we'll tally them up at the end and see where we're at. I think I had him. If I'm not mistaken, I'd have to go back and listen to previous episodes. I think I had him about nine and three or ten and two, one of the two. Anyway, I guess that's irrelevant. So uh, let's start right here. September 2nd, Utah, Weber State. Marcus, win, loss. Win. Colt? Oh, yeah, that's I, – I, we're definitely getting a win there. I All mean, right. What, what, about, what about BYU? Win. Uh, the streak continues. Okay. And there's no uh, question road- about that. Okay, we like that. Uh, road trip to San Diego State. I think that's a win. We've had San Diego State's number in the past, back when we were in the Mountain West, so I, I, I don't think anything's changed since then. All right, the Pac-12 slate uh, occurs home fixture, Washington State, win-loss. Merrill? That's in Pullman, right? No, Rice Eccles. Oh, uh, that's a win. Um, in Pullman? No, no, in, in at Rice Eccles. Oh, at Rice Eccles. My bad. Um, you know, I haven't looked into their team too much, but I'm gonna I'm gonna mark us down as a win, which that would put us at four four and zero, correct? Correct. Both of you yet to suggest a loss. Let's do this. Let Let's because this these next two two games are, are big. Marcus, we'll start with you. 
Uh, Utah road trip to USC and then at home against Arizona State. Win-loss for both those games. Or do they split them? I think we split them. Uh, I think we beat USC. I Man, it was so tough watching that loss against USC in 2000. Uh, when was it? 2018. Yeah. Oh, it was heartbreaking. I think we do it. I mean, we're 100 years overdue. I think every time you bet against us going down to the Coliseum um, to lose, you know, you're going to lose that bet. So I'm going to go with the win there. I am worried about uh, Arizona State. I'm worried about Jalen Daniels. Uh, I'm worried about some of the nuance and some of the information maybe that um, one of our former receivers kind of takes with him down there. He's going to understand a lot to do with, uh, you know, our offense, our offensive scheme. Um, And so I I worry about that game. I think that's a game that we actually lose. Being an ASU grad, that kills me, but I think think they lose. I'm sorry to hear. Colt? Um, you know, I might do, I might do the opposite. I might say, you know, lose at USC and, uh, and win at ASU. Um, I think, uh, after losing to them last year, um, I, I think we're going to kind of come back and and that game is going to stick in the forefront of our heads. Um, USC, I mean, was it Slovis? Is that his name? Uh, the quarterback, I, he's, you know, he, he could surprise some people. He hasn't been spectacular in the past, but he's oftentimes had just enough to inch past teams. So I'm, I'm saying lose at USC and uh, a win at ASU. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I, think, I, think, I think Utah splits those, uh, those two games as well. All right, six games left. You've got Oregon State, UCLA, Stanford, Arizona, Oregon, and Colorado. What are the games, uh, Marcus, that, that you believe Utah may, may fall victim to? Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I think, believe it or not, Oregon State is going to be a good team this year. Um, I think Mike Smith has got like a ton of good talent now on that Beaver roster. Um, gosh, I mean, I, I, you know, this is the thing about being a Utah fan is sometimes they pull off those games that they shouldn't and they lose those games that they should win. I think we stumble uh, once at home and, and another game on the road. I, I, can't, I can't really put my finger on it right now, but that's kind of the way that I think it shakes out. So, so, so you're leaning towards a 9-3 and three season? I'm leaning toward 9-3, and three, yeah. Gotcha. Cole, what are your thoughts? Um, just to be a little bit, you know, different. I, I don't want to be, you know, have a Samuel Adams too. I got to have a different opinion here. Um, I think we beat Oregon State. UCLA, maybe we go, maybe we go nine and two. Maybe we, uh, ten maybe and we two. kind of clear every, yeah, 10 and two. I think, you know, maybe we just lose to Oregon after USC or, you know, drop to ASU. Um, you know, that's, I think going to be pretty tough for us to do. Um, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say 10 and two. Hey, I, I I certainly think there's a possibility Utah can end ten and two. Um, although history would suggest they're not, and and simply because the Pac-12 just beats itself up year after year, um, cannibalizes itself, uh, and, and teams lose to teams that they shouldn't lose to, and and teams beat teams that they have no business beating. And then you know you look at the SEC. Speaking of which, uh, where the teams like Alabama just just do not fall like teams in the Pac-12 do. But while we're talking, or while we've uh, navigated towards Alabama, gents, this is important. Uh, 
obviously there's a lot of lot of talk at the minute going uh, circulating around uh, conference realignment, and it sounds like Texas and Oklahoma are going to make the jump to the SEC. That's that's somewhat irrelevant for us because as, as Utah fans uh, on a Utah podcast, it's not going to impact the Pac-12 a ton. Uh, but now there is talk that certain teams such as Oklahoma State, TCU, Baylor, and Texas Tech would potentially uh, be jo- could potentially join the Pac-12. I'm very, very curious, as lifelong Utah fans, would you welcome the four Big 12 teams, four former Big 12 teams, into the conference? Uh, Marcus? Yeah, absolutely I would. I mean, I think the, the more eyeballs that we can draw to the product, the better. I think that's really been one of the biggest downfalls of the Pac-12 network is we just haven't been able to generate the interest on the national level the way a lot of these other conferences have. So, I mean, I think I, I understand for some people it, you know, doesn't move the needle at all, but I mean, who are we talking about? If we're talking about Oklahoma State, we're talking about huge money and boosters. If we're talking um, Houston, you know, is another one that I've heard thrown out there, huge market. Um, and then they're not a big 12 team, but, you know, they're certainly a team I think that would jump at the opportunity to join the Conference of Champions. Um, if I think about, um, you know, potentially Baylor, I mean, Baylor's one of those teams similar to BYU where, I don't know if the religious affiliation is and, you know, maybe some of the um, past, uh, what do you call them, just kind of run-ins, maybe um, the cleanliness of their program might keep them out. But, I mean, from a football standpoint, I say yes. Even from a basketball standpoint, I say absolutely yes if we can get Kansas to come. And, um, you know, even, even Kansas State. They've been a solid football program for as long as I can remember. If you're a real college football fan – I mean, Kansas State is, is a program that is, you know, nationally respected and they're good year after year. So I say bring it on. Let's go to 16 and, um, and see what happens. Okay. Marcus is, uh, he's already booking flights to, uh, to Texas and Oklahoma. Colt, are you joining him or where's your head at? I mean, with, with Texas and Oklahoma looking at going to the SEC um, and, you know, that, that conference expanding you can just tell that they're trying to bring in these brands these blue chip brands that's what they're trying to add i mean believe me they'd probably try to get rid of arkansas or missouri if they could um and bring in whoever else um but they're really just trying to add you know these big names and i I could see maybe why texas and oklahoma would do that maybe it's a maybe it's a you know an image or a or a money driven decision um, I've heard that uh, the Texas legislator re- or legislation rather recently put something out that said that, uh, you know, by Texas making this move, it violates some type of code that governs uh, college athletics in the state. Um, I'm not super versed on exactly what that all was, but it sounds like there's a lot of internal turmoil and politics um, about this whole entire thing. Um, but Gosh, but those guys leaving the big the Big Twelve. I mean, the Big Twelve is looking like a wasteland almost. You know, um, it's. I, I think I think with you know Texas Tech possibly, um, you know some some other teams joining the Pac twelve or the Pac sixteen. I think the Pac sixteen or Pac fourteen could, yeah, increase their brand, increase their awareness, increase their market. 
and we all know the Pac-12 network is struggling, and I think that's that's a whole new topic. But with with a, a new commissioner um, in the Pac-12, um, looking at you know making Vegas uh, a focus point, I think the I think the Pac-12 could benefit from this versus um, you know be impacted in a negative way. And uh, of course, that's good for Utah. I agree. I, I, I agree with both of you. I think um, there are far more positives than there are negatives as it relates directly to the potential moves of Big 12 teams to the Pac-12. Um, it's just it's fascinating, uh, in my in my opinion, anyway, because it seems like every single year summer comes around and realignment, conference realignment conversation starts to circulate online. And every year I've been here, just about, uh, it kind of fizzles off into the distance once camp begins but this year it seems like there is actually some moves that could potentially take place um which is uh well i love it to be honest i i, I think uh, college football for a while now has needed to shift uh into into a different some some form of a different form but that's just me i just don't think the, the parody is horrible uh there is no such thing uh some teams play 14 games before they play a bowl game others get just play nine and this is pre-pandemic you know we're talking like hawaii i remember a couple of years ago played like 15 games you know we got other teams out there playing nine games and seven or eight uh, 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 conference games it's I, I just anyway it's a mess um and so i thought maybe they go to the nfl where they where they start doing conferences slash divisions uh p- promotion relegation which is like decades down the road because um, Americans are uh, way too prideful to steal anything from the Europeans. Uh, I mean, there are just a, there are a ton of uh, d- different scenarios we could go to, but finally it's happening, and that's great news. All right, gents, I'm intrigued here. Uh, we're going to slowly put a bow on this, but um, Utah fans online, you guys are online, you're present, right? And a lot of this podcast, when Steve and I talk, you know, a lot of the stuff we talk about, in fact, we joke a ton about kind of some of the comments that are made, some of which are really, really cool and actually spark conversation. Others are obviously demeaning and a bit mean, but, uh, but, but what is both of your thoughts on, um, on, on, on the Utah fan presence online? How do you think it needs, where do you think it needs to improve? Um, and do you think it actually impacts recruits? Do you think Utah fans online actually have an impact on recruits? Colton, your mic's open. What do you say? I really don't think it has that big of an impact. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. There's certain recruits that come in and they've got their Twitter profile and they want the likes, the retweets, the the recognition, um, you know, the commitment video and, and all that. But um I think that Utah is unique in the sense that, you know, we don't have a professional team in the state. And so people gravitate to um, college sports that much harder. So, um, you know, compared to other, you know, I, I just think that there's a lot of interaction online and, you know, people. Colton, we're losing you. We're losing you. You're cutting in and out. Can you hear me? We can hear you now. So just, just okay. What were you saying? I think anytime you leaned forward, you were pushing on something. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, no, I'm just saying um, it's you know the interactions online are are fun, and uh, I haven't seen too much beef recently go down, which is which is good. Um, but 
it, se- it seems like the BYU-Utah rivalry is kind of settled down online. I mean, it'll, it'll ne- inevitably come back up, but it seems like it's settled down. Is that fair? How can the dead talk back, back to you, man? It's a very good point, Meryl. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, uh, like, I think we've come to a point where, you know, and I have so many interactions with, with BYU fans. They are so much more humble and cordial and kind, you know, way, way more so than when I was a kid. You know, and we didn't have the online presence that we do now, which is kind of, which is kind of different, right? Because like in person, uh, people are a lot nicer to each other online. We're much more harsh. We're much more critical. But, um, even the interactions online, I, I agree with you. Like it's, it's settled down to a certain extent. I think if BYU and, and I don't think this is going to happen anytime soon, but if BYU were to win a couple of games, I, I think the, the nastiness, would probably return, but um, that's just because, you know, it's, it's two incredibly passionate fan bases that care so much about their teams, not about bashing the other team. You know, I think that's one thing that we need to put to rest. Like Utah fans are not Utah fans because uh, we're not church owned and because we're state owned. We love our team. And um, you know, we, we know that the way you fans love their team, not for any kind of allegiance to the religion, but it's, and allegiance to the football team. So, I don't know. That's my take. I hope that I answered the question. Yeah, uh, Meryl, you can answer the question in any way, shape, or form that you uh, desire to do so, and I think can you I, did a great can job. I add, can I add one thing to this? Colton, please. And this, and this might piss people off. And Just, I, hey, I keep it PG. Just keep, okay. it I'll, I'll P- keep it PG. I'll keep it PG. BYU fans and Utah fans are the exact same. There, I said it. I am... Um, Boy, I agree with you, Cole. And I really don't care if that irritates people. I just could care less. I think you guys are all—you guys all come from the, the, the same bloodline. You're all the same people. Um, but but the banter will come up at some point. I had something on the tip of my tongue. And I forgot what I was going to say. It was—it was actually quite good. I thought. But either way, we, we need to move forward. South end zone. Let's end there. South end zone, guys. How, how much? So I think we can all agree that the south end zone is going to be cool. You know, from a structural standpoint, I think um, the infrastructure is going to be neat. But just how much louder do you think it will be in Rice Eccles Stadium? And do you think it will actually impact the win loss column? Who do you want to go first? first? Either one. Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. Um, I think that, uh, I think that the, uh, the, really the crowd presence uh, at our home games has determined many football games. And I think that the expansion of our stadium will help us to win many additional football games. Um, you know, I wish that they were packing more seats into that area. I understand that, you know, the university makes more money on the luxury suite, you know, component to it. Um, but I, I absolutely think that the volume is going to be cranked up louder than it has been even in years past. Um, I'm so glad that we got rid of the, the storefront windows and the, uh, you know, what looked to be like some kind of, you know, uh, back of house commercial uh, locker room entrance. And we can get rid of the bounce house and all of that stuff. We'll have, yeah. Like we finally, and, and we all sat there. So the three of us and, and our dad and uh, uh, Tom's uh, son, Freddie and my son, Liam, we all went to the spring game, sat in the, the north end zone and looked at the south end zone and it was glorious, man. Like I'm so excited for that to be filled up with 
more Utah fans cheering us on to victory. You know, um, my thing on it is, you know, growing up playing NCAA football, um, and obviously the game's been discontinued for a while. Is it is it coming back? I think it is. Yep. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when was when was the last uh, episode that was or when was the last year that it was available? Like two thousand fourteen. Had that it had that quarterback from Michigan on the front cover. Either way, when Maybe you play 12. that game, when you play that game, you know, with your Robinson. brother, your friends, um, you know, you see these stadiums, and they they had pretty realistic graphics of you know the stadium and. Now we've lost you again, Carl. We're losing you. You there? Yeah, we got you back. We got you back. Okay. So long story short is I just think this, just having the south end zone be filled in and this new construction and this new look is just the final touches on our stadium and I think helps bring our program more legitimacy. I think it's going to help us with recruiting. (laughs) I think it's going to help games. Um, the scoreboard in the background looks looks amazing. Um, you had to have thought that, hey, maybe they put that up knowing that there was going to be a construction project a few years later, but um, they've done a wonderful job with it. And just to back up what Marcus said, um, yeah, we went to the spring game and saw the stadium, and it was it was amazing. So I can't yeah. wait to be in there and to feel the atmosphere, to, to see what the some odd 5,000, 6,000 more, or is it 8,000? No, I don't know. I, I think it's. I think it's. Uh, I think it's six. We six pushed thousand. it forty-five to fifty-one, right? Yeah, fifty-one, so fifty-two. Be, when that thing's cranking, it, it'll be interesting to to see if we can tell a difference. But um, excited to be up there. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, all right, that's Colton. He's Marcus. Uh, if you need to get a hold of him, you can find me at Tom Can't Hack It. I'll pass the message on. Uh, mean messages, uh, fully, fully fine by my standards. They're my brother-in-laws. Uh, I'm Tom Hackett, at Tom Can't Hack It on Twitter. KSLSports.com is where you can find a lot of my work. Anyway, Tuber is a beautiful sponsor of this podcast. Without them, it would not be possible. That's 1207 South Main Street, Nateway Tuber, the longest, the oldest Subaru dealership in all of North America, believe it or not. Tell them we sent you. And uh, hopefully Steve's back next week. My word, uh, maybe he drowned. I'll have to text him. See you guys. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.